tonight we're previewing Houston. Uh, we're going to recap a little bit more about what happened in Jacksonville because I got some things to say. But it's on to week two, so let's get ready to do this. Sammy, go ahead and start me up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. And Bill Show. The sickest Indianapolis Colts podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick. Yes, sir. It's going to be sick. Let's go ahead and bring the boys in. Pat Acosta, where you at? How are you doing tonight, fellas? Good. You sound a lot better tonight. Yeah, I'm going to try this again. Uh, So if I look a little wild tonight, I'm shooting from my rental vehicle. But hey, the show must go on. So I appreciate you guys uh, doing your thing um, on Tuesday night. Sorry, I could not make my connection work, but that's neither here nor there. So let's get ready to talk about Houston, right? Let's go. Let's do it. Awesome. So while we got your attention, please like and follow, subscribe to all that good stuff you see down below on YouTube and Facebook, Sick Podcast Amble Show, and on Twitter, Sick Pod Coats. And please just give us all love to the entire network, the entire Sick Podcast Network. Too many names to mention, but follow us all. All right, so you guys did a great job of covering some things uh, from Jacksonville. First, I'd like to say my little two bits before we jump into Houston. Did y'all touch on how many fourth downs on both sides of the house it was in that game? We did not. We did not. There had to be a record, bro. Like, <laughs> I think we were one for five on fourth downs. I'm guessing Jacksonville probably went for five or six themselves. I had never seen anything like that. It looked like a John Madden football game. Everybody was going for fourth down. It's freaking crazy. So, you know, that was that was one of those unique moments in that game. And plus, I mean, we had so many opportunities, right? So I know some fans were talking about what the defense didn't do and they let us down. But in my opinion, no, they really didn't. I mean, they played their tails off for the majority of the game and put us in great positions to get scoring opportunities. And the offense was just very vanilla, right? Just couldn't get anything going. Um, and that's no, you know, discredit to, to Shane Steichen. There were some boos. No discredit to Anthony Richardson, his first game. But those are the things that we got to work out. When the defense is turning the ball over for us and giving us great opportunities, we at least got to come away with three. You know, most of those things, we didn't even come away with three. So that's something to learn from. And then I'm just looking at the stats Anthony Richardson now holds the Colts franchise record for most completions as a rookie in his first game with 24. Um, outing uh, was it Andrew Luck. They had 23. Peyton had like 21, I think, something like that. The kid completed on 65% of his passes, which is amazing. 223 yards. Um, so ultimately, you know, though those were short passes and, you know, quick plays for the most part, didn't see a lot of his big cannon arm down the field. The completion percentage was great for his first game, so I feel like he's settling in, and he's only going to get better. And that leads us to Houston. This is a much um, talked about contest. Why? Because it's now going to be the first quarterback off the board. I'm sorry, the second quarterback off the board versus the third quarterback off the board this year. So C.J. Stroud um, versus Anthony Richardson. So I'll start with you, Acosta. How are you feeling about this matchup? Is this a different Houston team because of C.J. Stroud? 
I think it is going to be a little bit more different this time around in Houston, not only just because of um, C.J. Stroud, but because of the new coaching staff and the new head coach that they got. I feel like not only because of C.J. Stroud, but this defense being under the defensive mind of their head coach is going to be a very, very aggressive um, defensive team for us this year. Um, don't forget they have uh, Will Anderson. They picked him up in the draft. You know, that, that's Absolutely. that sneaky draft pick. So, you know, watch out for him being a difference maker in this game, especially um, with our O-line and how, you know, they may have some weak points. Uh, one being Q might not be there this week. He's questionable to be out this week. So hopefully we get him back, especially with that monster across from us. Um, again, you know, it's just going to come to a battle of wills, I think, a uh, battle of play calling. Um I think we'll see some, you know, some bombs this time around. I think we're actually going to test Anthony's arm in the regular season this <clears throat> this time around. I'm sorry, and um, I think it's going to be an exciting football game. I mean, our division's getting more and more competitive. It seems like it's very true. And with that said, Pat, you know, I'll just lead right into you know the things that are important. Like, what are the keys to victory this week? What what must the Colts do, and how how often should they do those things to come out with a W this time around? Well, Acosta led on a couple of them. Uh, if Q's out, <clears throat> that's going to hurt. You know, because I've always said, you know, this game is won and lost in the trenches. Very you true. Know, and, and if we we lose our best asset on that O-line, that's going to hurt because the right side is still struggling with Will Fries at guard. You know, Aren't they? <laughs> Jeez. Who, who are they going to get to replace Q? Uh, Acosta was telling me that we picked up somebody from uh, New Orleans today. Yeah, maybe, he maybe he's ready to go. I don't know. Uh, but regardless, that that connection with you know somebody just walking into the facility isn't there with that line. These these linemen have deep ties to each other. Right, you know, it's very so, true, man. But you know, he's it, it, what you say. You had like twelve years of Costa. So I didn't. I, or if anybody knows how many years the guy, the guy is a proven vet. So hopefully he can he can make all the adjustments necessary if he's got to step in. But it, you know, it it will start and stop at that in those trenches, especially with Anderson over there now. I mean. If you watch his play, um, the only one you can compare him to is J.J. Uh, Watt. And the kid's fast. He's got long arms. He knows how to get under people. He's a, he's a wrecking ball. Uh, I mean, yes, there's there's some things to, to say there. And uh, I also think, too, um, I feel like they're just, they're just as much as – as we are when it comes to rebuilding and, and figuring out what they what they have. If you recall last year, we tied with them the first time we played them, and then they beat us pretty handedly in the last game because we were just, you know, I don't know, we were just a shit show last year. I'll just say that. But uh, honestly, I feel like we're the better team on, on paper, and I really think we're the better team on the field. Yes, losing Q would be huge, but honestly, I think the keys to this game is running backs have to do something. I running the running backs Max. last week were Max. atrocious. I mean, and I wasn't on the show Tuesday night to express 
my emotion, that's probably a good thing. But like I told y'all, <laughs> way, 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 way back in the day, I am not a fan of Deion Jackson. No discredit to the kid. I'm not trying to, like, you know, talk negatively, negatively about him. But he is not in any way, shape, or form a fill-in, a gap, or anything for Jonathan Taylor. If we're going to trade Jonathan Taylor, this team is in, in serious trouble until we replace that. I know a lot of people are excited about Zach Moss. Zach Moss was traded to us for a reason. Again, he's going to be our starter for the foreseeable future. But let's stop being so emotional when it comes to money that's not ours to spend and just be honest and truthful. And the honest and truthful portion of this is, without a doubt, this offense needs Jonathan Taylor, period. If Anthony Richardson is going to grow and exponentially grow this season, it's going to be because he's relying on Jonathan Taylor. I do not care about the scheme. I know he's not, you know, lined up behind center anymore. He's going to be in that, you know, that pistol formation. There's going to be a lot of run pass options, and he'll have to adjust to that. But I don't care. <laughs> Number 28 is better than any running back on our roster, and he's better than all of them combined. And people are going to tee off on, you know, blitzing and putting pressure in Anthony's face because they don't respect the run game, period. So everybody was – That's you know, why they stayed in Oliver. two safeties. Yeah. They stayed in single and, and two high safety the whole game. And yeah, everybody that- were hooping and hobbling, go deep, go deep. You can't. And when he tried to, like, make a difficult pass, what happened? It was intercepted. Because yeah. they're not respecting that, bro. Like, an old boy fumbled twice last week. Are you kidding me? And average, what, 1.4 yards per Man, carry? I don't know. And Some then, ridiculous, yeah. And we just can't catch a break. Evan Hull – had a great run, which ended up being a penalty. So it was called back, and he hurt his knee on the same damn play. So it's like unreal. And now so sits on the IR. Zach Moss back. Facts. Just not getting Zach Moss back. And now Evan Hall is on the IR. It's unreal how this works. I heard that we were potentially reaching out to guys like Fournette and still keeping in contact with Kareem Hunt and all that other stuff. And that's fine and dandy too. But you know what? Swallow the plot, swallow the pride. And I know what I said two or three weeks ago about, you know, Chris Ballard basically saying I'm not paying anybody, but you might have to swallow the urchin on this, Chris. This team is not the same without 28, period. Period. Now, talking about other keys to the victory. This defense that we have is supremely underrated. Now, I'm not going to go out here and say that the Jacksonville Jaguars are the best team in the AFC, like most people are predicting. But that's a pretty damn good offense. And they picked off Trevor Lawrence, what, twice? Once? Yes. Should have been like – yeah, should have been like three times, honestly, because one was dropped, one hit the ground. We should have actually had like four or five turnovers. That's insane to say that in week one we could have walked away with five turnovers. That's nuts. They were able to get to him. They hit him. Um, I mean, Calvin Ridley was their best player on, on offense all day. And then, of course – at some point, you're just going to break. So that's what happened at the end of the game. They let ETN score. But that defense played their tails off for three and a half quarters with the offense basically being vanilla the entire second half. We might have we might have one of the better defenses that is not being talked about. I'm going to just say Guaranteed. that loosely. Absolutely. So with that, yeah, and with that said, we're playing the Houston Texans. 
that don't have the threats on offense that the Jacksonville Jags, Jaguars have. So I think we might really heat them up a lot, turn them over, you know, more more so than we did Jacksonville. And this could be an easy game for us if the offense can just make three points every drive. My thoughts, for real. I I, I really say I really think Quiddy Pay is a monster. There was a play in the game that I don't know if you guys remember. I know how much I love Quiddy. He absolutely put his arm underneath the the arms of a tackle and threw him to the ground with a, with one I've seen move. That. I remember got seeing to the that, quarterback. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> like this kid has improved tremendously. Dio had big play after big play blocking passes. D Buck was an absolute monster. Zaire was a monster. 18 tackles. Had a huge hit. I mean, Darius oh. Shaq came back oh. with eight tackles. I mean, those guys are playing their tails off, bro. So, yeah, I really think the keys to this game are simply put. Defense play like you played last last week. Don't change a thing. Offense convert when the defense gives you opportunities. And stop running the damn screen pass. Shit. <laughs> Even though it worked one time, it worked one time. Yeah, one, it worked one time. Hey, one that, that's, that's, times. that's the most it's worked in the last five years. Man, I don't care. I don't want to see it. Stop it. Stop. I agree. Run it again, Shane. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want to see it. I get sick and tired of seeing it. It absolutely makes my like blood boil. To see that say it makes your ass itch. It's okay. Are you holding a sharp weapon when you say something like that? What is wrong with you? It's like some prison talk. (laughs) That was real prison-esque. I don't like that for you right now, sir. That is sick, like the t-shirt says. (laughs) You sick bastard. (laughs) Shout out to sick. No, but for real, man. Just do what they did last week. Offense convert, and I think we win this game handily. What do you guys say? I think so too. I, I I think I think you know the way their defense was set last week. You didn't see much out of Pierce. I don't think we're going to see that kind of that kind of coverage this week. So I'm expecting Pierce to get a lot more involved. Yeah. I, I get that. I'm. I, I, I think I'm. I'll, I'm. If we're talking about if we're talking about receivers, Pat. Honestly, you know that was Ty's second home, is in Gr Stadium, right? He made his second yeah. home there. I think it's going to belong to Josh Downs this game. I think he's going to be the breakout wide receiver this game. For some reason, man, in that house they cannot <laughs> they cannot take an account a fucking slot receiver for nothing. This is facts. This fact, and Josh Josh Downs had a couple plays last game that were pretty electric. Um, they were, and it's crazy. I don't know if you guys watched it, but they they replayed the game on NFL Network, I believe, Monday night. So I was watching both games simultaneously. I was watching, you know, the Jets game, and I was watching the replay of our game. It looked way faster on TV than it did in person. Like did. Josh Downs looked electric on TV more so than he did, you know, in person. And maybe that's just because we're in the midst of the game and everything's happening and we're not maybe seeing everything, but watching it on TV, I'm like, yo, that dude is a problem. So if we just find how to scheme him up, like just find how to scheme him up as much as we can, 
Anthony Richardson then has that go-to guy. I think even when we can't run the ball like we like we need to to be effective, I think that his play and their chemistry as it continues to grow will open the game up for us. Because Jacksonville just had it really, really, really easy in the second half. Really easy. They just stayed in a basic over-two type defense and just played everything over the top and made him come underneath. And even when he came underneath, the guys wasn't really getting to the spaces they need to. And losing Ogletree early hurt us bad because Ogletree was a monster. He only caught one one pass, but he was just making space. He was creating avenues for, like, Downs to come underneath or Pierce to come under – or, I'm sorry, uh, Pittman to come underneath. So losing him early really, like, changed everything. So, you know, growing pains. But like Anthony said, he's upbeat. He's ready. Um, he learned from that, and, he, and he's already moved on. Gotta love the kid. Gotta love the kid for that. You know, Absolutely. Kudos, kudos to that type of mentality. Kudos to what he's doing as a as, as a statesman to the team, to the statements to the city. You know, staying late. You know, signing autographs, buying his teammates these exact headphones. No, he did not buy these for me. I wish I paid these. I <laughs> paid for these myself. <laughs> but Anthony, I mean, I would love to get a gift too, boy, my guy. But no, in all seriousness, man, like we really got a guy. And so I'm really excited for the future with this kid. So, uh, yeah, man. Another thing I want to I, I want to bring up, and it's NFL based. I don't know if you guys caught this, but on Sunday, right, 14 teams trotted out an African American quarterback. That's incredible, bro. That's that's incredible. From the time that I started watching football to this moment, you know, I can remember the days when it was just Warren Moon. Or then maybe it was Warren Moon and Randall Cunningham, you know, and then like, you know, every now and then somebody else would come around, Dante Culpepper, Michael Vick, you know, McNabb. Jason Campbell for McNabb. Like, but it was never like like half the league almost was 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 trotting out a quarterback uh, that was African American. And though we are, you know, in times where this is a much the much more diverse country, it's still amazing to see that sometimes this is not the norm quite yet because we see a many of kids in college playing quarterback, but that doesn't always translate to the NFL. So it's amazing to see that. So that's something that I'm, that I'm proud of. And I'm glad that this game is just, you know, growing for everyone and it doesn't have to look a certain way. So that was pretty I, cool. I think, I think everybody should take some pride into that. You know, especially, especially if you're a sports fan and you've played sports before. I agree. You know, absolutely. We don't we don't see color as players. We see brothers. We bleed right. sweat, you know, with each right. other just to win a damn game. You know. Absolutely. But it it instills a brotherhood in you. You know, I and, and now for these I don't know how you want to call it, old heads. <laughs> you know, to That's to start to start PG. thinking, you know. In a rational way, not a color way. You know, oh, he ain't going to play on my team because he's black, or he ain't playing on my team because he's Indian, or he ain't playing on my team because he's bald. It, it just makes no freaking sense. I love, how you so, I love how you described me and you just now. That <laughs> last one, I don't think that last one was ever a thing, <laughs> but okay. I well, you, definitely. Yeah, I was getting my point. You yeah, know, so. I I, th I think everybody should take a lot of pride in that, you know, because 
it's not it's not about skin color it, it's it's about talent it's about winning it's about that brotherhood you know and for us on this side of the field it's about fandom fair enough fair enough okay so we come to that part of the show um where we got to absolutely get to it and so last week i was right <laughs> y'all were homers and y'all chose the Colts and y'all lost and I lost ultimately because I'm a Colts fan and I had to choose the damn Jaguars okay so because I won last week I'll go first and I don't have my soundboard so you can't Omaha me but I am definitely picking the Colts this week <laughs> no surprise Oh, what, a right. what a homer. What a homer. I still got to say, I mean, I still got to stick to our guns. Like, we we did our predictions, and we're, we're all probably going to look like goons, not knowing that Jonathan Taylor wasn't going to be a part of this team for maybe the foreseeable future or forever. Um, now, but, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you, Clyde. If Jonathan yeah. Taylor was on the field, do we win that game? I think absolutely. I think so, too. I absolutely, absolutely. 100% believe we would have crushed him. Because they have to respect that. So if they're going to put – if they see Jonathan Taylor back there, they're going to come out seven, eight in the box. Now what do you have? One-on-ones. You know, you got a whole bunch of things you can do. And Shane needs that. Even though he didn't have a stud, stud running back last year, they had great blocking, and Miles Sanders did what he needed to do to give Jalen Hurts these lanes, right? Because Jalen Hurts yep. could cut you up as well. But nobody's going to respect Anthony Richardson, RPO, and to Deion Jackson. Why do you think that's going to work? Nobody cares about Deion Jackson. I'm sorry, Deion Jackson, if you ever come on the show. <laughs> but, dude, you're not. Never mind. Let me just stop. Anywho, anyway, let me go back to my prediction. Indianapolis Colts over the Houston Texans, 24-10. I'm going for the gusto. We're that much better than them. And the first of many between C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. The first of many. All right, Pat. Uh, you were talking, so you go. I'm definitely going to go Colts. Uh, I'll say I'll say 24-17. I think we give up a, a late touchdown. That ain't going to mean much. Okay. Acosta? I'm heavily, heavily relying on our defense for this game. And I think it's really gonna shine. Anthony Richardson's gonna shine a little more. So Colts 27-7. Oh wow. 27-7. Okay. I like all the predictions. We are all in agreement that we go down to NRG and we get our first W of the season. I can dig it. One thing that we have to keep in mind too, this is pretty unique. But Anthony Richardson in the same division as CJ Stroud. Um, so they play, they're going to play often. Same division as Will Levis. At some point, I think he's going to get the stick because, man, you want to talk about somebody that stunk it up? Wow, Tannehill was terrible on Sunday. Sorry, Sammy. But, man, listen. <laughs> yeah, that was He's bad. not the guy. He's not no. the guy. <laughs> no, he's not. So, you know, he's going to play him eventually. And then ultimately this year, he'll get to play – you know, Bryce Young, because we played Carolina um, in Carolina uh, right before the game in Germany. So it's really cool to see these top quarterbacks face off early in their career. I think that's something to talk about. Uh, awesome. But, yeah, man, uh, 
I believe that we'll be a happy fan base this Sunday. We better damn be. We're better than Houston Texans. I know Shane Steichen is probably absolutely, you know, pushing these boys to to get on get on track this week with or without some of our key players like Quinn Richardson. But I think we still have enough to do the job. You guys got any like closing remarks? Any any reattacks before we get out of here? I got a closing question. Oh God. So everybody strapping. How do you guys feel about Shane going for all the fourth and fourth and ones, fourth and twos that he did last week. Are you okay with that? Or are you saying shit, we left points on the field? I'll let you take this in first, Acosta. I liked it in a way it was just showing that I felt like this was more coach's intuition more than analytical. Um because I mean the play calls that he made were good play calls on fourth and two, fourth and one, fourth and three, what have you. Um, you know, the defense just cut it short, I think, and the running game that we had was definitely just not working. You know, if JT was on the field, we definitely would have converted those downs. Going back to what Clyde said, that's probably one of the key points that if Jonathan Taylor was on the field, we would have won that game because he would have definitely converted them fourth downs. Um, just my thoughts. And for me, like you said, yes, this is more – to me, that was more like, hey, I'm feeling good about this versus analytics. And we know Frank was very strategic. I'm not saying that this Shane's not. But the one thing that I don't really love about so many of those is I feel like fourth downs, and you can go back and watch Philly last year, like they had a whole bunch of rhythm when they were going for fourth down. So usually they would just go up, quick snap it, do the whole Jalen Hurts push, get the, get the sticks moved and not even think about it. We tried that two times and got absolutely stymied <laughs> both times. And, and you know, Anthony Richardson is much larger than, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts. So what does that really say? In my opinion, it says that this team isn't based to that rhythm quite yet because that's how you get that going. Jason Kelsey is the center of Philadelphia Eagles. Like he probably doesn't even have to say anything. He just knows fourth and this much, this is the move. This is the block scheme. Let's push it. Let's get it. I don't know if, if Ryan Kelly was locked in. I don't know if the entire group was locked in. I don't know what, but for him to be six foot four and they can't get, you know, less than a yard once or twice, that's a problem. So that's just something we got to work out. I think that's more of a rhythm call. But I'm not upset at all of the calls, but I was very, very, very surprised at, at, at what some of those calls came. Midfield, twice, then midfield. Once we tried to pass it, once we tried, you know, the Hurts push and didn't get either one because that was just incredible to see. So we're, we have a brand new coach. We have a brand new philosophy and we're just going to have to lock in and learn how to, how to play this way. Cause for five years, we've been playing very controlled football. Don't get me wrong. Frank Wright went for his amount of fourth downs, but they always had a strategy that didn't look strategized at all. It's like I want this. I want this drive to continue. So let's make it go. I thought I like. I liked it for the fact that he's shown a lot of confidence in that O line. And if you're gonna build, you, if you're gonna build that O line, that's what they need. They they need to know that the coach has has 100 confidence in you. We can get this done. Now, did they get it done? No. You're 100 right on the on the rhythm. They got to work on that. You know, there, there's several things they got to work on, but 
they know this coach is behind them now. They know this coach is not afraid to push that and, and to push them. And that's good. That's a good thing going forward. Yeah, it's building blocks. I mean, the whole season doesn't ride or die on one week, but uh, no moral victories. There's a couple that reporters said, but I think there's a lot of good to take out of this. And this is not a game where we just look like, oh, man, is any of this shit going to work? Excuse my French. We actually seen a lot of it work. We actually seen a lot of good things. We just couldn't, like, make the plays when you needed to. So with that said, there's a lot of optimism going forward. But I think it really starts with what are we going to do with 28? And so these next three weeks are going to be so nerve wracking. <laughs> like, <laughs> because right now nothing's being said outside of, hey, if he had to pass a physical today, he could do it. But then there's still people chiming in like, oh, trade talks. And, you know, you look at the betting apps and seeing where Jonathan Taylor may land. And I'm like, at what point are we going to get back to the fact that people should say his best bet? is to bring his tail back to Indianapolis versus trying to, you know, lock into the Dolphins or this and that and whoever else. Like, So, anyway, that's a whole other thing. We don't have time for that. We're sticking to a time limit, so we're there. So, thank you for tuning in to another SICK Podcast, Anvil Show. Now that the season's, you know, back in the swing of things, we're giving you two times each week with a after-game reaction. Lots of freaking contests coming your way from us. Um, we will say we started the bang that play of the day, um, but we have to learn the hard way. We can't quite clip the videos like we want, so we might screenshot them um, instead of clipping them. But this week, without a doubt, you guys voted, and the voting goes to Defoe and Zaire for their amazing play, play to the whistle. It's a weird play, but it ended up being six for us, so way to go, boys. Absolutely. And with that, Sammy, wrap us up. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast and Bill Show on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.